Hello and welcome. This is Michael Annis, and you're listening to episode 22 of the Space Rocket History Podcast, recorded at Jordan Lake State Park near Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And now, the Vanguard 6. By January of 1959, the Soviets had begun preparations for human spaceflight. Doctors from the Soviet Air Force insisted that the potential cosmonaut candidates be qualified Air Force pilots, arguing that they would have relevant skills such as exposure to high G-forces as well as ejection seat experience. Also, the Americans had chosen the Mercury 7 in April 1959, all of whom had aviation backgrounds. Furthermore, the candidates had to be intelligent, comfortable in high-stress situations, and physically fit. Chief designer of the Soviet space program, Korolev, decided that cosmonauts must be male, between 25 and 30 years old, no taller than 1.75 meters, and weigh no more than 72 kilograms. The final specifications for cosmonauts were approved in June of 1959. In September, interviews with potential cosmonauts began. Since Vostok was still a secret program, the pilots were not told that they might be flying into space. But the general consensus was that most pilots had figured this out. A little over 200 cosmonaut candidates made it through the interview process. In October of 1959, a series of demanding physical tests, including exposure to low pressures and a centrifuge test, were conducted on 200. By the end of 1959, all but 20 men had been eliminated. Korolev wanted to have a larger group than NASA's Mercury 7 astronaut team. Unlike the Mercury 7, the remaining 20 cosmonaut candidates were not particularly experienced pilots. Belyaev was the most experienced with 900 flying hours. The Soviet spacecraft were more automated than their American counterparts, so significant pilot experience was not necessary. Of these 20, Five were outside of the desired age range, so the age requirement was relaxed just a little. On January 11, 1960, Soviet Chief Marshal of Aviation Konstantin Vershinin approved plans to establish the Cosmonaut Training Center, whose exclusive purpose would be to prepare the cosmonauts for their upcoming flights. Initially, the facility would have about 250 staff. Vershinin assigned the already famous aviator Nikolai Kamanin to supervise operations at the facility. By March, most of the cosmonauts had arrived at the, at the training facility, and on March 7th, Vershinin gave a welcome speech, and those who were present were formally inducted into the cosmonaut group. By mid-June of 1960, all 20 were permanently stationed at the center. In March, the cosmonauts were started on a daily fitness regime and were taught classes on topics such as rocket space systems, navigation, geophysics, and astronomy. Due to the initial facility's space limitations, the cosmonauts and staff were relocated to a new facility in Star City, which had been the home of Russia's cosmonaut training program for over 50 years. 
The move officially took place on June 29, 1960. At the Gromo Flight Research Institute, a spacecraft simulator had been built, and it was called TDK-1. Due to the inefficiency of training all 20 cosmonauts in the simulator, it was decided they would select six men who would go through accelerated training. This group would be known as the Vanguard Six. On May 30, 1960, the initial Vanguard Six were selected. The six included Gagarin, Kartashov, Nikolaev, Popovich, Titov, and Varlamov. The famous cosmonaut Alexei Lyanov recalled that these six were the shortest in stature of the group of 20, which of course was a benefit because of the small capsule size. In July, shortly after relocation to Star City, two of the Vanguard Six had to be replaced for medical reasons. First, during a centrifuge test of eight Gs, Kartashov experienced some internal damage causing minor hemorrhaging on his back. Despite Gagarin's request for him to stay, the doctors decided to remove Kartashov from the group of six. Later in July, Varlamov was involved in a swimming accident. During a dive into a lake near the training center, he hit his head on the bottom, displacing a cervical vertebra. So, by the end of July, the Vanguard Six were Gargarin, Baikovsky, Nelyabov, Nikolaev, Popovich, and Titov. By January 1961, these six had all finished parachute and recovery training, as well as three-day regimes in the simulators. On January 17th, the six participated in their final exams, including time spent in a simulator and a written test. Based on these results, a commission supervised by Kamanin recommended the use of the cosmonauts in the following order. Gagarin, Titov, Nelyubov, Baikovsky, Popovich, and Nikolaev, who would eventually be replaced by Tereshkova. At this stage, Gagarin was the clear favorite to be the first man in space, not only because of the exams, but also among an informal peer evaluation. When 20 candidates were asked to anonymously vote for which other candidate they would like to see fly first, all but three chose Gagarin. And now a brief biography of the Vanguard Six prior to April 1961. We'll start with Gagarin. Yuri Gagarin was born in the village of Klushino near Gahatsk on March 9th, 1934. His parents worked on a collective farm. His father was a carpenter and bricklayer, and his mother was a milkmaid. Yuri was the third of four children. Like millions of people in the Soviet Union, the Gagarin family suffered during Nazi occupation. In World War II, Klushino was occupied in November 1941 during the German advance on Moscow and an officer took over the Gagarin residence. The family was allowed to build a mud hut, approximately three by three meters inside, on the land behind their house, where they spent a year and nine months until the end of the occupation. Gagarin's two older siblings 
were deported by Germans to Poland for slave labor in 1943 and did not return until after the war in 1945. In 1946, the family moved to Gahatsk, where Gagarin continued his secondary education. At the age of 16, in 1950, Gagarin entered into an apprenticeship as a foundry man at the steel plant near Moscow and also enrolled at a local young worker school for 7th grade evening classes. After graduating in 1951 from both the 7th grade and the vocational school of mold making and foundry work, he was selected for further training at the Saratov Industrial Technical School where he studied tractors. While in Saratov, Gagarin volunteered for weekend training as a Soviet air cadet at the local aeronautics club where he learned to fly. At first in a biplane and later in a Yak-18 trainer. He also earned extra money as a part-time dock laborer on the Volga River. After graduating from the technical school in 1955, the Soviet Army drafted Gagarin. On a recommendation, Gagarin was sent to the first Chikalov Air Force Pilot School in Orenburg and soloed in a MiG-15 in 1957. While there, he met Valentina, a medical technician graduate of the Orenburg Medical School. They were married on November 7, 1957, the same day Gagarin graduated from Orenburg. Post-graduation, he was assigned to the Luostari Air Force Base in Murmansk, close to the Norwegian border, where terrible weather made flying risky. He became a lieutenant in the Soviet Air Force on November 5, 1957, and on November 6, he received the rank of senior lieutenant. In 1960, he was selected to enter cosmonaut training. Next is Titov. German Titov was born in the village of Verkhny Zelino near Barnal, Russia, on September 11, 1935. At the age of 18, Titov was accepted for aviation cadet training at the Stalingrad Flying Academy. He graduated in 1957 as a jet fighter pilot. In 1960, he was selected for cosmonaut training, during the course of which he received the Order of Lenin for an engineering proposal and was selected as the backup cosmonaut to Gagarin for Vostok 1. Titov was a fine sportsman and a very interested in gymnastics. Next is Nikolaev. Nikolaev was born on September 5, 1929 at Shorshili, Kuvask. His father was a worker on a collective farm. Nikolaev studied and worked in forestry until he was drafted into the Soviet Army in 1950. He had a keen interest in flying, and he was soon permitted to transfer to the Air Force. In 1954, he became a pilot. In 1957, he joined the Communist Party, and in March 1960, he was selected for cosmonaut training. Next, Popovich. Pavel Popovich was born on October 5, 1930, in Yuzin, Ukraine. His father was a fireman in a sugar factory. He was the second of five children. During World War II, the Germans occupied Yuzin, 
and burned documents, including Popovich's birth certificate. After the war, these were restored through witness testimony, and although his mother knew that he was born in 1929, two witnesses insisted that Popovich was born in 1930, and so this became his official year of birth. During his early youth, Popovich was a herdsman. In 1947, he finished vocational school with qualifications as a carpenter. In 1951, Popovich graduated as a construction engineer from a technical school in Magnitogorsk, as well as receiving a pilot's degree. He then entered the Army and quickly transferred to the Air Force. In 1952, he graduated from a course at the Stalingrad Military Aviation School near Novosibirsk. He then entered the Army and quickly transferred to the Air Force. In 1952, he graduated from a course at the Stalingrad Military Aviation School near Novosibirsk. He then went on to train at the Military Officers of the Air Force Aviation Training School, in Grozny until 1954 when he joined the Soviet Air Force. Also in 1954 he graduated from the Stalingrad Air Force College and joined the Young Communist League. In 1960 he was selected to enter cosmonaut training. Popovich was a fine sportsman. His favorite sport was weightlifting. Next is Baikovsky. Baikovsky was born August 2, 1934, in Pavlovsky, Posad, Russia. Baikovsky started flying lessons at the age of 16. He joined the Army in 1952, and in 1959 he became a jet fighter pilot. In 1960 he was selected to enter cosmonaut training. And now the final member of the sixth, Valentina Tereshkova. She was born on March 6, 1937, in the village of Maslenikovo in central Russia. Her parents had migrated from Belarus. Tereshkova's father was a tractor driver, and her mother worked in a textile plant. Tereshkova began school in 1945 at the age of eight, but left school in 1953 and continued her education by correspondence courses. She became interested in parachuting from a young age and trained in skydiving at the local aero club, making her first jump at age 22 on May 21, 1959. At the time, she was employed as a textile worker in a local factory. It was her expertise in skydiving that led to her selection as a cosmonaut. In 1961, she became the secretary of the local Young Communist League, and later joined the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. After the flight of Yuri Gagarin in 1961, Korolev, the chief Soviet rocket engineer, came up with the idea of putting a woman in space. On February 16, 1962, Valentina Tereshkova was selected to join the female cosmonaut corps. One of more than 400 applicants, she was among five selected. Qualifications included that they be parachutist under the age of 30, under 1.7 meters tall, and under 70 kilograms in weight. Although she had no pilot training, Tereshkova was an accomplished amateur parachutist, and on this basis was accepted for the cosmonaut program when she volunteered. 
Pereshkova was considered a particularly worthy candidate partly due to her proletarian background and because her father, tank leader sergeant Vladimir Tereshkova, was a war hero. He died in the Finnish Winter War during World War II in the Lameti area in Finnish Karelia, where Tereshkova, when Tereshkova was two years old. After her flight on November 3, 1963, Tereshkova married her Vanguard 6 colleague, Nikolaev, at the Moscow Wedding Palace. Khrushchev himself presided over the wedding party, together with top government and space program leaders. And this concludes the biography of the Vanguard 6th. The Soviets now understand the physics. They have a proven launch vehicle and a space capsule. The cosmonauts have been selected and trained. They are ready to launch the first man into space. Thanks for listening to this archive episode of the Space Rocket History Podcast. If you are financially able, please support the podcast by going to the homepage spacerockethistory.com and clicking on the orange Donate button or the Patreon link. Thanks.